Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? This your boy, J-Raw, with another edition of the J-Raw Wrestling Weekly Podcast on Thursday, May 23rd, 2019. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is episode four. All right. Well, back again, it's been a busy week, ladies and gentlemen, busy week, and it's coming up to a busy holiday weekend uh real quick want to shout out uh my partner in crime my big bro dj hardcore from dj hardcore for productions got a showcase coming up next weekend next saturday june 1st 700 Tabor road that will be the another installment of the they can't do it like us showcase make sure you guys please come out support also want to shout out the fam russell cave uh want to shout out not known as a city boy is geechee shout out to my man geechee <laughs> aka ace porter dirty case pat with the facts mike jones yasmin and the rest of everybody in the russell cave facebook group also make sure you please 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 subscribe to one struggle radio on youtube.com also on soundcloud also on castboxbox.fm.com that's where you can catch the latest episodes of the j raw wrestling podcast also the reviews i do for nxt nxt uk and 205 live also ring of honor in new japan all right so uh without further ado we're gonna get into this week's episode of the j raw wrestling podcast um uh good thing not to <laughs> we didn't we didn't have any passes so i don't have to worry about any too much somber news been a lot of injuries um oh as far as something somber from my understanding, today is the anniversary of the passing of Owen Hart. It was uh, almost 20 years ago, maybe more. Uh, I remember Owen Hart. He was a great wrestler. I remember when he was the Blue Blazer, him being in Hart Foundation with Brett. Um, he, he was just good. I, I remember him being on WCW, too. He had a little run on there, you know. But, um, yeah, he was great. Legend, he up there. That big old wrestling card <laughs> up in, you know, heaven, so to speak. But just go leave it at that. All right. If you guys aren't familiar with the format of the Thursday weekly podcast, pretty much what I do is I do the Raw and SmackDown highlights. Then I go into some WWE news topics of the week. Then I'll go into some other promotions as far as like all elite wrestling this week. Another week, it won't be any Ring of Honor or New Japan because um, I'll be doing that review of the uh, Best of the Super Juniors Tournament. I'll be getting you guys caught up on that this weekend. Uh, This weekend, of course, is double to nothing. So I got some. AEW news of course and doing the recaps of that um and that's you know pretty much it tonight just basically it'll be WWE and All Elite Wrestling 
Uh, going to start out the show with a recap of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view that was this Sunday. And it was, my opinion, out of five stars, I give it about three and a quarter. Hmm, teetering 350, but I'm going to keep it at three and a quarter. Uh, is this basically just going to be a recap? I'm going to do my best uh, the way I said it up my structured my nose and everything like that uh first and foremost everybody know i get my news and results and everything like that from wrestlinginc.com like i said always put it over it's a phenomenal wrestling website pretty good but uh basically the way i did got the results and um you know my own recollection of watching money in the bank you know, just going to do my best to keep it brief because right after that, we're going to go into the raw highlights and then we'll take a little break. Then we'll do SmackDown and go into um, some WWE news, take another break, and then we'll do the recaps of um, AEW as far as being the elite, the road to double or nothing, and also some AEW news. So, without further ado, we are going to start tonight's episode off with a recap of the pay-per-view Money in the Bank. Alright, so it starts off with the kickoff show match, and that is the Usos defeated Daniel Bryan and Rowan. Okay, so the way I got the match set up, I ain't going too much into detail. I try to do everything from like the middle to the end of the match to speed it up. Alright, so... We come back from break, and Rowan is hitting a double suplex on both his opponents. Brian waits for the tag as Rowan goes out for a breather in front of the announcers. Brian Wick kicks to Jay while he's on his knees. Jay ducks with a kick and nails Brian in the head. Jay goes for goes on with an offense and super kicks Brian down. Jay goes to the top and leaps off, but is botched as Brian takes him into the label lock. Jimmy, Jimmy finally runs into break the hole. Rowan grabs Jimmy and sends him to the apron, but Jimmy sends Rowan to the floor. Jimmy runs the ropes for a suicide dive, but Rowan catches him. Jay makes the save and they hit a pair of super kicks on Rowan but he's still standing. A double super kick drops him to one knee. The Usos hit the ring and run the ropes for a double dive, finally bringing Rowan down. Brian runs the ropes, but the Usos meet him at the ropes with a big shot. The Usos go to the top corner and hit the double splash on Brian for the non-title win. And there you have it. The Usos go over on Daniel Bryan and Rowan. And uh fortunately I didn't get a chance to see the kickoff match, but you know, from what I've been told, especially watching it, um the main show and them talking about it, you know, it, it was seemed like it was a pretty good match. All right. So, we are on to the main card of the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. And it starts out with the woman's money in the bank ladder match. Okay, so pretty much Bailey defeated Naomi, Nikki Cross, Natalia, Dana Brooke, Mandy Rose, Carmella, and Ember Moon to get the briefcase. Alright, so 
We're going to pick up in the middle of the match. All right, so Dana clears the ring and climbs up. Rose tries to stop her, but Dana hangs from the briefcase for a few minutes, but she can't get it down. Rose gets sent to the floor. Naomi climbs up to stop Dana from grabbing the case again. Bailey and Cross are also on the ladder now. Natalia comes in and pushes them all over. Moon leaps off another ladder that's outside of the ring and hits the big eclipse on Natalia inside the ring. Fans pop and chant, holy sugar honey iced tea. <laughs> you know, I keep try to keep it best I can PG. <laughs> now, as we get a replay, Rose stomps Moon from climbing up. Rose plants Moon face first onto the ladder. Rose pushes up a ladder outside the ring and stands another ladder up under the briefcase. Carmella comes limping back out with her leg taped up. Rose is shocked. Rose meets Carmella on the ramp and Carmella gets the upper hand, smashing her face onto the ladder over and over. Carmella launches Rose into a barrier and drops her with a kick. Carmella limps back into the ring, climbs the ladder while she has the ring to herself. DeVille enters the ring and pulls Carmella down to the mat. DeVille then hits a spare on Carmella. DeVille positions the ladder and goes back out to help Rose up. DeVille puts her hair up and rolls, rolls Rose into the ring. DeVille follows and helps up, helps Rose up as fans boo. DeVille now places Rose on her shoulders, climbs the ladder with Rose on her. DeVille places Rose near the top and tries to push her up. Rose grabs the briefcase, but Bailey runs up and stops her. Stop her from unhooking it. Bailey sends Rose and DeVille to the mat for a huge pop. Bailey unhooks the briefcase to become Miss Money in the Bank. And there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, Bailey wins the woman's Money in the Bank briefcase. All right. Now, after the match, Bailey clutches the briefcase up high on the ladder as a music hit. Fans cheer her on as she looks out and raises the briefcase in the air. We go to replays. Then Charlie Caruso enters to interview Bailey after the match, asking her about the tag team with Sasha Banks and why they did and why they did and how she became to how she came to SmackDown. Bailey says she's proud of what she did, what she and Banks accomplished. But she came to SmackDown to prove a point to remind everyone what she's capable of. And she did just that. All right. So we see what led Sami Zayn replacing Braun Strowman in tonight's Money in the Bank match. Triple H is on the phone backstage when Sami comes in. Sami says they have a big problem. Strowman. Triple H shuts him up and says Braun has been banned from the building. Sammy still wants some protection, but Triple H tells him to go put up his fist. <laughs> All right, we see Rey Mysterio backstage with his son Dominic. Okay, so next we got 
The WWE United States Championship, Rey Mysterio defeats Samoa Joe to win the United States Championship. All right. So we go to the ring and out comes Rey Mysterio. The WWE Champion Samoa Joe is out next as we see Dominic, Dominic backstage watching. All right. So the bell rings and Joe goes right to work on Rey's legs with kicks. Some fans chant for Joe as he keeps control of Ray. Ray fights back with speed. Ray comes back and hit the splash to drop Joe. Joe comes back and works Ray over. The centaur from the top apparently busts Joe's nose open. They go on for a few minutes until Ray pins Joe out of nowhere for the title change after countering a powerbomb attempt. And then the winner and the new United States champion, Rey Mysterio. That's right. Rey Mysterio goes over on Samoa Joe. Now, after the short match, Joe and Rey are both shocked. We see Dominic backstage celebrating. The referee hands Rey the title at ringside. He's still shocked. Then we go to replays as Rey music hits. Graves insists Joe's shoulder wasn't down. Cole agrees. Dominic comes running out, running down to celebrate with his dad. Joe suddenly attacks Ray on the ramp and runs him over. Joe keeps attack going on and brings it in the ring, hitting a Uranagi. Joe turns his attention to Ray's son now, who watches from ringside. Joe drives Ray into the mat again and he hits a big senton as Dominic watches from ringside and fans boot. Joe walks off while Ray's son checks on him in the ring. Bloody Joe watches from the stage and heads to the back as Ray's music starts up. Alright, then we see Braun Strowman going on a backstage rampage looking for Sami Zayn. Alright, then they stole the... Then they show <laughs> the steel cage being lowered over the ring as we cut to a video package for the match. All right, so now we have the steel cage match, and then it was Shane, Shane McMahon going over the Miz. All right, so of course this is mid match. <laughs> Miz takes Shane to the top for a skull crushing finale, but Shane resists. Shane knocks Miz to the mat. Shane also falls to the mat as referee checks on him. Shane gets up first and starts climbing to escape. Miz stops him with a chair shot to the leg and feet. Miz climbs up as Shane tries to make it over the top of the cage. They trade punches on top of the cage now. Shane gets hung up side down on the top. Miz slams his face into the cage a few times as he falls all the way to the mat. Miz flies down with the splash from the top, but Shane still kicks out at two. Shane applies a triangle submission and tightens the hold. Miz bridges into a pin for a two count. The doors open, but Miz stops Shane from crawling out. Miz grabs Shane by the legs and catapults him into the cage wall, but Shane grabs the cage and starts climbing up. Miz stops him and climbs up as well. Miz looks to hit a big superplex from the top of the cage now. 
fans pop when they see what he's thinking. Shang hangs on, but Miz keeps trying with the half of Shane's body hanging over the other side of the top of the cage. Shane slips out of his shirt and falls to the floor for the win of the match. And there you have it. You have Shane escaping the cage barely with his shirt on <laughs> to go over on the Miz. All right. So after the match, Shane lays on his back shirtless as Miz looks from the top of the cage. Shocked. We go to root, please. As Shane music hits. All right. So then the camera cuts backstage to Zami Zayn hanging upside down. Triple H and crew members push the camera from backstage area as they rush to get Sammy down. All right, then after that, we go to the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match between Tony Nese. The champ goes over on Ario Davari. Now, of course, this is mid-match. Nice fights Davari off with chops. More strikes between the two. Davari rocks Neeks with a big knee. Davari counters the pump handle driver. They go over to the corner and Davari takes Neeks up to the top. Neeks blocks a slam to the mat. Davari unloads the chops and boots to, to, boots to kick Neeks out of the ring to the floor. Davari follows but Neeks decks him. Neeks rocks Davari again and rolls him back in. Nice goes to the top, but Davari cuts him off. Davari brings Nice hard to the mat, but Nice kicks out at two. Nice with a roll up for two now. Nice sends Davari back to the floor and leaps over the top rope, taking him down. Nice brings back Nice, nice brings back in and hits a 450 from the top rope for another close two count. Nice charges for knees, but Davari jumps up and super kicks him to the mat. Davari goes to the top and hits a big splash. Davari keeps going with signature moves and hits his big lariat, but Nice still kicks out. Nice will open strikes while Davari is sitting to the top. Nice with a hurt camarada and the big running knee to the face for a pin to retain. And there you have it, Tony Nice. Going over Ario Defari. Now after the match, Nee stands tall and has his horn raised and the music hits and we go to replays. Alright. So Triple H catches up with Braun Strowman backstage. Triple H gets what Braun's doing, but he's not gonna be taking Sammy's spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Braun says he doesn't know what Triple H is talking about. Triple H isn't buying it, but Braun insists. Triple H said he's not going to have Braun removed from the building, but he will ask him professionally as Braun boss to leave. Fans in an arena boo, but Braun walks off. Basically, towards the end of this uh, little segment or promo or whatever, Braun basically was like, you know what, Trip, whatever, man. I just like how the way Braun just was like, you know what, I'm just trying to tell you because I get into my theory on who hung Sammy upside down. But anyway, (laughs) all right, so we go to Michael Cole's at ringside with Renee Young and Corey Graves again. Cole says Sammy Zayn has been taken to a local medical facility and will not be in tonight's Money in the Bank ladder match. There's no word yet on his replacement. 
but it will not be Braun Strowman. We get a video package for tonight's Raw Women's Title match. Now, this, in my opinion, guys, was the best part of the show. All right, so we got the WWE Women's WWE Raw Women's Championship match. We have Becky Lynch uh, going over on Lacey Evans. All right, so like I said, this is towards like mid match. Well, actually, you know what? I did for this one is going to be a little different. I did run it all down on this one because it was pretty good the whole setup. All right, so boom, the bell rings and Lacey covers her ears as she hair Becky two belt chance startup. Becky immediately nails a drop kick and unloads on Evans in the corner as referee backs her off. Becky tosses Evans to the mat and hit a basement drop kick for a pop. Becky takes Evans back down and Evans scrambled to the floor for a breather. Becky runs the ropes and hit a baseball slide. Evans grabs Becky on the floor but Becky counters and sends her into the barrier. Evans pleads with Becky and tries to jump over the barrier, but Becky grabs her and slams her face first into the apron. Becky brings it back in as fans chant for her. Becky charges, but Lacey sidesteps and tries to send her face first into the corner. Becky avoids it, but Lacey keeps on and finally gets some offense in. Evans works on Becky's arm and talks some trash while she's down. Evans stomps away on Becky's hand now. Evans with the gator roll into the corner. She she continues to work on the arm using the ring post on it as the referee counts. Evans brings it back into the ring for a two count. Evans with more offense and another pin attempt. Evans keeps grounded and taunts her Becky with the arm drag but Evans comes right back with a neck breaker and a two count Evans pulls a rag out and wipes the sweat off and then rubs it in Becky's face Becky comes back swinging Becky with kicks to drop Evans Becky comes off the top rope with a flying forearm and Evans goes back down Becky mounds more offense as fans cheer her arm. Becky with a Bexplex and a shot in the corner. Becky comes off the top rope and barely hits a drop kick as Evans moves back. Evans rolls to the floor for a breather, but Becky comes off the apron and takes her down. Becky brings it back in for a close two count. More back and forth. Becky drops, excuse me, Evans drops Becky on her face and follows up with a knee for a two count. More back and forth. Evans rolls Becky up, but the referee isn't counting the pin as it looks like he's checking, he's checking Becky's shoulders. Becky goes right in for the disarmer and Evans immediately taps. And then the winner, like I said, there you have it. Becky Lynch going over on Lacey Evans. Okay, and then after the match, Becky takes both her titles and stands tall as her music hits. Becky makes her exit, 
but the music interrupt and out come the queen charlotte flair <laughs> it looks like becky's second title defense is happening right now and flair is all smiles as she tells becky to get back in the ring and becky realized what's happening and she just smiles all right so next up we have the woman's um the smackdown women's championship match and you have charlotte defeat becky lynch to win the smackdown women's championship all right now this of course is mid-match becky sends flair to the apron but flair drops her with a big kick flair goes to the top but becky cuts her off becky slams flair to the mat becky rolls flair up for a two count flair with chops now becky ends up going for a drop kick but it's blocked allowing flair to apply the boston crack Becky finally makes it to the top to the bottom rope for to break the hole. Flair takes the advantage of the five count. They unload on each other with strikes in the middle of the ring. Flair drops Becky and smacks her. Becky avoids a big boot and drops Flair by jumping at her. They talk trash and trade more shots from their knees now. They fight to their feet and they keep trading shot big shots in the middle of the ring becky gets the upper hand and goes for the disarmor but it's blocked flair knocks becky down and puts the boots to her flair uses the bottom rope on becky's neck again taking advantage of the five count flair goes for natural selection on the apron but Becky hangs on to the rope as Flair lands hard to the floor. Lacey runs out and decks Becky with a woman's right while the referee is looking at Flair. Flair tries to take advantage but Becky counters and rolls her up. Flair comes right back with the big boot for the pin to win the title and winner and your new nine times Macdown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. Alright, now after the match, Flair takes the title and celebrate as her music hits, and then we go to replays. Flair mocks Becky while she sits in the corner. Becky leave the ring leaves the ring and then unloads on Evans at ringside, beating her into the barrier. Flair drops Lynch from behind. Flair and Evans take turn on Lynch in the ring. Now Bailey's music hit, and here she comes with her newly won Money in the Bank briefcase. Bailey hits the ring and unloads on Evans and Flair. Bailey kicks Evans out of the ring, but Flair's attacks Bailey from behind. Flair puts the boots to Becky again. Flair ends up going down in the corner. Bailey stands up and fans chant for her to cash in. Bailey picks up the briefcase and looks at it. She hands it to the referee and says she wants to cash it in. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. All right, so looks like we got a cash in, folks, on the Money in the Bank pay per view, which will be the women's, the SmackDown Women's Championship. And we had Bailey defeat Charlotte to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. All right, so Bailey grabs Charlotte and pulls her over from the corner. Bailey goes to the top 
and hits the big elbow drop to get the pin to win the title. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the winner and the new SmackDown Women's Champion, Bailey. Then after the match, Bailey takes the title to celebrate as her music hits. Bailey celebrates with the fans for a few minutes and we get re- a replay. All right. So next we see Roman Reigns walking backstage for his match with Elias. Elias suddenly appears from behind and drops Reigns with the guitar shot. All right, so you have Roman Reigns defeat Elias. Elias makes his way to the ring next to give a performance. Then, of course, taking shots at Reigns and the people of Hartford. Elias makes his exit and stops on stage to pose one more time. But then Reigns music hits and out comes out he comes with the big Superman punch. Reigns brings Elias into the ring and the bell rings. The bell rings and Roman Reigns immediately nails a spear on Elias, covering him for the pin to win. And there you have it, Roman Reigns going over Elias. Alright, now after the match, Reigns stands tall over Elias as his music hits. Then we get a replay as Rain makes his exit and greeting the fans in the front row. Alright, then the announcers lead us to a video package for the next match. And that next match was the WWE Universal Championship with Seth Rollins going over on AJ Styles. Alright, now Rollins dumps AJ to the apron, but AJ nails a forearm. AJ springs up, but Rollins decks him in midair. Rollins put AJ out on the top and climbs up with him, face his facing his back. Rollins with the inverted superplex from the top, then holding on to it and driving AJ back down into the mat. AJ still managed to kick out at two. Rollins cranks up for a stomp as the fans chant, burn it down, burn it down. Rollins with the kick. AJ counters and applies the calf crusher middle of the ring. Rollins reaches, but AJ rolls him and tightens. Rollins goes on and breaks the hole, kicking AJ in the jaw. They both get up at the same time. AJ with a moonsault into an inverted DDT from the second turnbuckle for a close two count. AJ waits for Rollins to get up but he walks right into a big super kick from Rollins. They both go down. They get up and they trade shots in the middle of the ring as fans do dueling chants. AJ unloads with strikes and an ingazuri. Rollins avoids the Pele kick and kicks AJ in the face. Rollins goes for a stomp, but AJ turns it into the Styles Clash. Rollins barely kicks out in time. AJ can't believe the kick out as we get a replay. Fans rally for both superstars again. AJ springs board in, in from the apron but slips a little. Rollins takes advantage and hits him with a ripcord knee and a super kick to the face. Rollins get back up and hits, hits the big stomp for a pop. Rollins crawls over and makes the cover to retain. 
And there you have it. Seth Rollins going over on AJ Styles to retain the WWE Heavyweight Champion. Well, Universal Championship. Excuse me. <laughs> All right. And it was a pretty good match, man. It was a pretty good match. All right. Now, after the match, Rollins takes the title and recover as we go to replays. Now, AJ exits the ring as Rollins stands tall and has his arms raised as the music's played. Rollins raised the title from the corner and looks on to AJ and makes his exit. AJ returns to the ring as Rollins comes down from the top to meet him in the middle. They stare each other down. Rollins raised the title in AJ's face and, sh- and shakes his head. He offers his hand for a shake as some fans cheer, others boo. Rollins thinks about it and finally shakes. AJ exits the ring as his music hits. Rollins drops the title in the middle of the ring and looks on. His music starts back up. Alright, so next you have Charlie Caruso backstage with Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. Woods mentioned how he will respect Kofi's wishes and stay in the back for tonight's match. Kofi goes on and says, Tonight is not about just making a statement. It's about making a hell of a statement and show Kevin Owens and whoever else thinks they they can use the New Day to get the WWE title. They can't. Kofi walks off and Woods dances for him. Alright, we, we go to the ring and come out to the Lucha House Party. Kaliso, Lince Dorado, and Grand Metalik for a six-man match. They take the mics they take the mics before the match and comment on every day being a lucha house party. Then, of course, the music erupts and out comes Lars Sullivan. Lars looks on and talks some trash as Metalik flies out of the ring. Lars catches him and slams him. Lince flies out next, but Lars catches him, then tosses him to the floor. Lars stares down Kalisto now. Kalisto starts fighting as Lars enters the ring. Lars headbutted Kalisto and is now bleeding from the top of his head. A bloody Lars keeps up the attack and hits the big running powerbomb. Lars stands tall over Kalisto as his music starts up again. Lars heads to the back with blood running down his face. Alright, then we had the WWE Championship Kofi Kingston going over and defeating Kevin Owens. Alright, now of course this is mid-match. Kofi breaks the hole by getting to the top rope. Owens goes for an apron powerbomb, but Kofi fights back. They trade shots on the apron now. Owens with the kick. Owens charges, but Kofi hits a double stomp onto the apron. Owens falls to the floor. Kofi goes to the top, leaps to the floor, but Owens meets him in midair with the super kick. Owens brings it back into the ring for a close two count. Owens taunts Kofi some and goes for the pop-up powerbomb, but Kofi avoids it. Kofi misses the SOS. Owens misses the stunner. Kofi nails the SOS for a close two count. Owens blocks Trouble in Paradise and drops Kofi into another Boston Crab in the middle of the ring. 
opens um, Kofi makes it to the bottom rope to break the hold. Owens plays to the crowd some as he gets up. Owens goes for a super kick as Kofi almost also goes for a move and they collide. Kofi tackles Owens and unloads with strikes. Owens counters a move and nails the pop-up powerbomb into a sit-down pin attempt. Kofi still kicks out at two. Owens is frustrated now as he yells at the fans to stop laughing. Kofi blocks the stunner and hits Trouble in Paradise, but it knocks Owens out of the ring. Owens is laid onto the floor as the referee counts. Kofi brings it back into the ring, but Owens kicks him and nails the stunner. Owens covers, but Kofi gets his foot onto the bottom rope to save it. Owens removes Kofi's custom kicks and tosses them. <laughs> Owens goes to the top for a big swanton palm, but Kofi gets his knees up and Owens lands bad. Kofi hits Trouble in Paradise for the pin to retain, and there you have it. Once again, Kofi Kingston defeats and go over on Kevin Owens. And this match, once again, was pretty... No. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> I love the story they told in this match. It was, man, just this match alone was one of the reasons why I gave this pay-per-view at least a 3.25, close to a 3.5. All right. So after the match, Kofi takes the title and he hits the corner to celebrate as his music hits. We go to replays and then Xavier Woods runs down to celebrate in the ring with Kofi Kingston. Alright folks, it's main event time And it is the men's Money in the Bank ladder match With with who? Who? Brock Lesnar defeats Ricochet, Drew McIntyre Baron Corbin, Ali, Randy Orton, Andrade, and Finn Balor Wow Now, you guys, this is mid-match I know some of y'all that might have seen this gonna get mad at me that I ain't go over this whole match, but for time restraints and all the stuff I gotta cover, we just excuse me, we just going mid match, okay? <laughs> all right, so there's chaos everywhere early on. Orton slams Balor onto the announce table next. Ricochet gets slammed onto the table by Orton next. Fan chants for Orton while he's alone in the ring with the ladder. Orton stands the ladder up. Andrade springs board in and knocks the ladder over, but Orton avoids it. Drew and Corbin bring the ladder in the ring now. Drew gets sent back out. Ali drops Corton on his face. Ali flies out and sends Drew into the barrier. Ricochet blocks Andrade and sends him to the floor. Ricochet and Andrade take turns ripping each other off the ladder. Ali and Ricochet finally meet at the top of the ladder, but Corbin and Drew pull them off and beat them down. Corbin launches Ali onto the ladder in the corner. Ricochet also gets launched onto a ladder. Orton catches Corbin coming in the ring with a draping DDT from the second rope. Orton goes for RKO on Corbin, but Corton shoves him off into a Claymore kick from Drew. 
Balor with shots to Corbin and Drew now. Corbin stomps a ladder onto Balor. Balor looks on to stand the ladder up, but he slams onto Drew instead. Balor climbs the ladder for the briefcase, but Andrade brings a ladder in to ram it into him, sending Balor off the other ladder. Ricochet boots Andrade from the corner, but Andrade shoves off the top onto the floor. Andrade climbs the, for the briefcase now. Balor climbs up and meets him. They trade shots up high. Andrade hits a sunset flip from the top of the ladder through another ladder that was bridged from the top rope. They both crash land in a holy sugar honey iced tea. <laughs> Chance breakout. Ali with a tornado DDT on Corbin and shots to others. Ali spikes Ricochet down onto the mat as he hits hard. Ali positions a ladder and climbs up for the briefcase, but Andrade stops him. Andrade rocks Ali, leaving him hanging from the ladder. Andrade brings another ladder in and stands him up next to the ladder that Ali is hanging from. Ali stomps while he's upside down. Andrade climbs up. Ali pulls himself up and he also climbs for the case with Andrade. They trade shots of high. Ali hits a huge Spanish fly from up top, driving Andrade down to the mat. Ali rolls to the floor in pain while referee checks on Andrade on the apron. Drew brings the ladder from under the ring and leans it on the announce table. Ali tries to stop him. Drew rocks Ali back down. Drew bridges a ladder from the apron on the announce table. Drew slaps Ali around and tries to put him on a ladder bridge, but it backfires. Corbett comes over and chokeslams Ali through the Spanish announce table. Corbin smiles at Ali. Fans chant, you still suck at Corbin. Corbin turns on Drew and drops him. Corbin runs in to stop Balor from climbing the ladder. Corbin chokeslam Balor on the awkward edge of the ladder. Ricochet with a missile drop kick. Ricochet leaps out of the ring on Corbin, but Corbin nails a big deep six onto the floor. Drew with a big claymore kick to Corbin on the floor. Balor climbs a ladder in the ring. Drew comes out, um, excuse me, Drew comes in and rocks him to stop. Drew rams the ladder into Balor in the corner. Drew with a big suplex to Balor on top of a ladder. Drew grabs Andrade and hits an Alabama slam on top of Balor in the ladder. Drew pushes them off the ladder and stands it up under the briefcase. Ricochet Ricochet comes flying in and takes Drew out. Ricochet positions the ladder and climbs up, but Drew grabs his leg and pulls him down. Drew manhandles Ricochet, tosses him out of the ring, 
through the ladder bridge in the announce table. Drew crowns the ladder, but Orton nails a big RKO out of nowhere to bring him down. Corbin sends Orton out of the ring into the ring post and out of the ring. Corbin climbs up the ladder, but Ali comes from behind, getting on Corbin's back up high. Ali dumps Corbin over the top rope and hangs on the apron. Ali climbs the ladder for the briefcase, but the music interrupts and out comes Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman to a huge pop. Lesnar enters the ring and shoves... Sorry. Lesnar enters the ring and shoves the ladder with Ali over. The crowd goes wild. Heyman barks orders at the apparent replacement for Sami Zayn. <laughs> Lesnar stands at stands a ladder up and climbs it. Lesnar stands up high on the ladder and yells out to the crowd. Lesnar unhooks the briefcase to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. So I guess we got to start calling the Beast in the briefcase, huh? <laughs> or Mr. Beast in the briefcase. I don't know. Alright, so after the match, Lesnar stands up on the ladder and holds the briefcase as his music hits. The crowd is shocked. Bodies are down all over the outside of the ring. Lesnar looks down from the top of the ladder and smiles and laughs at everyone. In the 2019 Money in the Bank pay-per-view goes off with Lesnar clutching the briefcase from top the ladder. And there you have it, folks. That was the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. That was Sunday. Overall, like I said, my rating out of five stars, I give it three and a quarter. It was okay. You know, the grits, the, I, at first I was mad <laughs> to see Lesnar actually get the briefcase, but doing the science to it and listening to some pundits and other people talk about it, it made sense, you know, because... We, when we get into the raw highlights, you'll see why it made sense. And, you know, the fact that the ratings did go up slightly. But, you know, any improvement is better than no improvement. So we got to give them some credit. So overall, that was uh, Money in the Bank. That was this past Sunday. It was a pretty good pay-per-view. Wasn't a, an amazing uh, knock socks off. Wasn't a five-star classic. But, you know. It was money in the bank compared to some other money in the banks that happened in the past. All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick swig swig of a drink. Give me like about 20 seconds. All right. Be right back. And we're going to get into these raw highlights. All right. Hold on. Mm. And we're going to. Almost 47 minutes in strong, and we just hitting the raw highlights. <laughs> Looks like this Thursday show gonna be a long one, but that's why Thursdays is long and all the other ones are short. <laughs> Alright, so without further ado, we gonna get into these raw highlights for this past Monday, May 20th. Alright, so the show starts off with, of course, Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. They come out to talk about Lesnar winning the Money in the Bank briefcase as Lesnar trolled the fans with his briefcase dancing with it like a boombox. And, of course, that was pretty funny. 
Then, of course, Heyman continued to cut a promo about how Lesnar can stalk both champions until he decides to cash in the Money in the Bank contract. All right, so next you had Seth Rollins come out. Oh, sorry. Next you had Seth Rollins come out and had a face-to-face with Lesnar. And he talks about how he should be celebrating his win over AJ Styles. But instead, he has to deal with the Beast Luma with the briefcase. And he decided to challenge Lesnar to cash in his briefcase tonight on Raw. Then Kofi comes out and he also makes a case how he didn't want to wait either. And he told Lesnar to cash it in on him and he wanted to face Lesnar on Raw as well. So Heyman points out how both champions are chasing Lesnar and he's holding a briefcase. And Heyman teased that since both champions have a match together tonight, that he would just stick around. <laughs> All right, so we see the Hall of Famer Mick Foley arrive in a car backstage. Then Foley walks in with the new title belt heading because that was one thing I didn't say to keep time restraints. Last night, well, the night before Raw and Money in the Bank pay-per-view, it was announced that Mick Foley was coming to Raw with a new title. So, that's why we see him, uh, excuse me, arrive backstage, and then he's holding the new title. And then he's greeted by the Raw Tag Team Champion, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, also Dana Brooke, Titus O'Neil, and Drake Maverick. All right. So next, Sammy Stage is backstage complaining to Bobby Lashley about how he has to face Braun Strowman tonight. And Sammy needs Lashley's help. Lashley was laughing at him and says no and wished him good luck. Alright, so next up, Sammy comes out for his match with Braun Strowman. Uh, hold on, i get to the match. Sorry, folks. Scroll down a little too bad. Alright. Alright, so we come back from commercial break and we see Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston walking backstage. They walk up on Triple H and they want to know what else they will be doing tonight. So Triple H announced that Kofi and Rollins will be facing Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin in tonight's main event. And then they go back to the ring and out comes Braun Strowman and Sammy looks on. Alright, so the bell rings and Braun has to chase Sammy around the ring. Sammy tries to run to the back as the camera cuts backstage to Braun looking for Sammy. Lashley provides a distraction allowing Sammy to get a cheap shot in, but Braun makes him pay. Braun and Lashley stare down as Sammy begs Lashley to do something. Braun says he'll deal with Lashley later because at Super Showdown. Braun goes back to work on Sammy, beating him back into the arena. Braun appears on the stage as he's carrying Sammy, and Sammy ends up driving Braun into the stale ring post. Sammy with another shot into the ring post. Strong comes right back and launches Sammy into the barrier. They bring him back into the ring, and Braun charges but he misses in the corner, hitting the ring post. The, fel- the bell finally rings, but Braun leaves, levels Sammy with a big clothesline. 
Braun focuses on his injured ribs and takes it takes it to the floor. Then back in. Strong hits a running power slam for the easy win. And there you have it. Braun Strowman going over on Sami Zayn. Alright, then we see Alexa Bliss Alexa Bliss <laughs> backstage talking to Nikki Cross before a special episode of Moment of Bliss with the Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch. Lars Sullivan is shown walking backstage. He'll speak next. Come back to commercial. Well, go to commercial. Come back from commercial and Charlie Caruso is in the ring. She introduces Lars Sullivan and out he comes for his first interview. Then Lars hit the ring and Charlie shows us a video package showing how dominant he's been since arriving. Caruso asks Lars about his goals in WWE and before he can speak, the music interrupts and out comes the Lucha House Party. Kalisto, Lince Dorado, and Grand Metalik who are destroyed by Lars at Money in the Bank last night. Lars stares the three down as they surround him. Kalisto strikes first with the knee. Lince and Metalik hit a double drop kick. Kalisto with a missile drop kick, but Lars is still standing. Lars finally gets knocked out of the ring with a triple attack. Lars can't believe it. Lars flies out, but Lars catches him and launches him headfirst into the apron. Lince and Metalik dive out and work Lars over, but he explodes out of them. Lars levels Lince with a clothesline. He drops Lince back into the ring with chops and drops Metalik on the floor. Lars returns to the ring and Lince fights, but Lars takes it and drops him with a big slam. Lars goes for the running sit-down powerbomb, but Lince is pulled to safety by his partners. Lars looks from the ring as the Lucha House Party backs up the ramp. Alright, so next we have Michael Cole leads to a video package with AJ Styles and Seth Rollins from Money in the Bank. And then we see AJ backstage talking to a staffer. He'll, he will have an exclusive interview later. Alright, we go to the ring and out comes Ricochet. They go to commercial. Come back from break and we see footage of a backstage altercation between Ricochet and Cesaro from earlier in the day. Which led to this match. Back from break. Cesaro remains in control keeping Ricochet grounded in the middle of the ring. Ricochet finally turns turns it around and sends Cesaro flying with scissors his fans pop. We go to a quick advertisement as Ricochet takes Cesaro down again and onto the floor. Fans chant this is awesome as we come back and bring it in the ring. Ricochet flies, but Cesaro takes him out of the air with a big clothesline. Cesaro with a backbreaker, and then a gotch neutralizer for the pin. And there you have it, Cesaro going over Ricochet. It was a decent match. It was alright for what it was worth. You know, just tired of them. 
just they need to give Ricochet more wins. I don't understand. All right. So back next, we go. Charlie Caruso is backstage with AJ Styles, and she's asking where last night's loss to Seth leaves him. AJ says he's back at square one, but he's likes working hard, and that's what he does. AJ says he can't. He can beat Rollins. It just wasn't last night. AJ goes on praising Rollins until Baron Corbin interrupts, mocking AJ. They have words and Corbin brags on his recent win over Rollins, saying it was a slap in the face that AJ got his title shot instead of him. AJ says what's a slap in the face is this. Then he slaps Corbin in the face. Corbin said AJ will pay for that and Corbin walks off. Alright, so we go to the ring and out comes SmackDown's Roman Reign courtesy of the WWE Wall Card <laughs> rule. Then we go back to commercial, then we come back from break, and Reigns is in the ring with the mic with the mic. He goes to speak, but before he can, the music interrupt and out comes Shane McMahon. Shane mentioned that he's officially done with the Miz after last night's steel cage win. Which means he his focus will go somewhere else now. Reigns. Shane goes on ranting how he can't stop thinking about how Reigns recently attacked his father, Vincent McMahon. Shane says Reigns disgusts him. Reigns said he hates spoiled rich kids. <laughs> Reigns said his schedule is all is also open because he's done with Elias now. Shane said he thinks he's done with Elias, but Elias isn't done with him. Hold on, peeps. All right. And he says, one fluke victory doesn't mean anything. Rain said he doesn't see Elias tonight. So if Shane has been with him and they need to squash it in the ring, if Shane has beef with him, then they need to squash it in the ring. Shane mocks Reigns for issuing the challenge, especially after his brutal match with The Miz last night. Shane asks the fans if they want to see him face Reigns tonight in a singles match, and they do. Shane acts like he headed to the ring, but then he stops and said he, that's definitely not happening here tonight. Shane says he does what all spoiled rich kids do. He controls his destiny and do what he wants. Shane goes on about controlling Reigns' destiny and wants to show him what it is all about. So the music hits and out come, of course, Drew McIntyre. Didn't they just wrestle at WrestleMania? Didn't they add a WrestleMania rematch? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the, the music hits and out come Drew McIntyre. Drew stands next to Shane on the stage. Shane says Reigns' challenge still isn't happening tonight. But he accepts it for a super, super showdown in Saudi Arabia. They have more words and Drew stares down. Well, Drew stares Reigns down and his music starts up. Alright, so we see Becky Lynch backstage preparing for a moment of bliss later on. We also see Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman backstage with the briefcase. Alright, so we go to the ring and out comes the Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso. Then they go 
course to commercial come back from break and share and sarah schreiber is from my understanding that's how you pronounce her name schreiber tries to interview shane mcmahon and drew mcintyre backstage but the miz appears asking if shane thinks he's really done now drew interrupts and says shane doesn't think he's done and that they know he's done with the miz drew says things have changed around here and miz has a problem with both of them now miz says he will take care of shane after he finishes with drew Miz tells Drew he he will see him in the ring tonight. Miz walks off. Cole shows us recent happening between the Revival and the Usos. And then we go back to the ring and now comes the Revival. Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. Alright. So next we had a match of the Usos versus the Revival. Alright, so Jay sends Dash up on the apron. And Dash rocks him with a right. Dash goes to the top, but Jay rocks him twice. Jay climbs up for a superplex, but Dawson tags himself and, and stops. The Revival nails the double-team powerbomb. Elbow drop combo for another close two-count as Jay hangs on. Dawson argues with the ref. Dawson talks some trash and taunts. Jay now. Dawson with an uppercut and another. Jay fights back in the middle of the ring as they keep talking trash and trading shots. Dawson gets up, gets a double super kick as Jimmy tags in. Dash makes the save on, on a close pen attempt. Dash sends Jay out of the ring and Dash follows and hits a big tornado DDT off the barrier. Jimmy flies out and drops Dash on the floor. Jimmy comes back in, but Dawson rolls him for a two-count. Jimmy and Dawson trade big shots for another close two-count by Jimmy. Fans chant, this is awesome. Now, and Jimmy goes to the top, but Dash Dash dodges shots with interference. And this this leads to Dawson rolling Jimmy up with a handful of tights for the win. And there you have it, the revival going over on the Usos. Alright, then after the match, the revival celebrate on a ramp as the music hits. The Usos recover and look on from the ring. Alright, then we see Alexa Bliss backstage getting ready. Nikki Cross walks up and apparently Bliss wanted to see her. Bliss says Cross did a good job replacing her in a woman's Money in the Bank ladder match last night. But there was one problem. She lost. Cross says she almost had the briefcase. Bliss saw that, but she didn't win. (laughs) The Revival come out walking through and interrupt, still celebrating the win. They said they should have been next on the guest list. They should be the next guest on A Moment of Bliss because they won. They walk off and Bliss wipes their sweat off her arm. But still to come, another Firefly Funhouse segment from Bray Wyatt. They go to commercial. Of course, come back to commercial. And it looks like we're about to get another bizarre remix into intro into Bray Wyatt's Firefly Funhouse segment. 
We see the kids with let them in written on their foreheads. We see Wyatt's new masked character standing there. Let me in, he says. And that's it. We go to the stage and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are out for another A Moment of Bliss segment. Bliss is missing her coffee, but a staffer brings it out. Bliss introduces tonight's guest and out comes the Raw Women's Champ, Becky Lynch. Cross gives up her seat as Becky comes out to a pop. Hmm. Oh. Oh, sorry, y'all. Oh, there we go. All right. Sorry, y'all. Scrolled, scrolled up and set it down. <laughs> Bliss wex- welcomes Becky and asks how it feels to be no longer Becky Two Belts after she dropped the SmackDown Women's Tag Title last night. Before she can speak, out comes the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Die Iconics, <laughs> to interrupt. Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. They mock and taunt Becky. She says she defended her title more than last night and that they have since WrestleMania. She threatens to drag them in the ring and becomes Becky Three Belts. The music interrupts and out comes Lacey Evans. Evans taunts Becky and says Becky lost the other title because of her. Fans chant for Becky, and Becky points out how Evans tapped out, and she could, and says she could get the she couldn't get the job done. Becky says now that she can smack Evans around full time on Raw. In fact, she can slap the head off all all three of them right now. The Iconics laughed at her for proposing a three on one match. Cross says she will team with Becky. Evans says that there's still one short. Becky said Bliss will do. Bliss says she doesn't agree to this. Becky tells her just stand there and look pretty. <laughs> Beck, the man will do the rest. The two teams head to the ring. Bliss still carrying her coffee and then we go to commercial. Alright, so we have a six-woman tag match with Becky Lynch, Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, Versus the Iconics and Lacey Evans. Alright. Pretty much look like uh, Raw versus SmackDown. <laughs> if you ask me. On Raw, which was crazy with this whole wild card thing. Alright. Evans comes back in and stomps away in on Cross in the corner. Evans toss Becky on the apron. Evans keeps Cross down and talks more trash to Becky. Royce tags back in for more offense on Cross. Becky and Kay finally tag in at the same time as Becky unloads to a pop. Evan goes to the floor, distracting Becky, allowing for Kay to get the two count. Becky with a Bexploder. Becky watches Evans walk up the ramp to the back. Becky leaps off the top to drop Kay. Then knocks Royton off the Royce off the apron. Becky with the second rope leg drop to K for the pin. And there you have it. Becky Lynch, Nikki Cross, and Alexa Bliss going over on the Iconics and Lacey Evans. Alright, then after the match, Becky Cross Becky and Cross stand tall as Becky music hits. Becky raised her arms. 
Bliss comes in enjoying them, but Becky isn't having it. Becky makes her exit with the title in air. Alright. So next, this was the <laughs> This was this was to me was the dopest and the craziest part of Raw. Alright. So after that, we have Mick Foley comes out with the new title and he explained what the title is and he introduced the 24-7 championship. Foley says that the title is to be defended anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And some fans boo as Foley holds the title up. Foley says you don't have no days off when you hold this title. A fall can take place as long as there are referee in place. Foley says the third hour of Raw every week is about to get a little nasty and dirty. Foley says the first 24-7 champion will be crowned tonight with the scramble. Foley said this will be open to all superstars on Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, NXT, NXT UK rosters, and every now and then living at every now and then visiting legend. Foley tells the superstars in the back to line up, and when the bell rings, he who retrieves the title receives the title. All right. So basically, Foley places the title in the ring, in the middle of the ring, and heads outside the ring and the, ring the bell. Superstars start running down the ramp, tackling each other. Cedric Alexander, EC3, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Mojo Riley, Titus O'Neil, No Way Jose, Eric Young start brawling at ringside. Titus makes it into the ring, but Mojo levels him. Cedric springboards on into drop Mojo. Young comes in and faces off with Cedric. Gallows and Anderson trip them, then they run in to grab the title at the same time. EC3 attacks from behind. Jose brawls with EC3 now. They end up spilling outside of the ring to the floor. The title is still in the ring. Drake Maverick runs out to grab it, but Titus stops him. Titus grabs it and tosses Drake over the top onto the others on the floor. Titus grabs the title and becomes the first ever WWE 24-7 champion. <laughs> Alright. And then after that, after the decision, title, Titus held, heads to the stage and celebrate as his music hits. Then Robert Roode comes out from behind and decks Titus that rolls him up for the win and the title. The other superstars head to the back as the referee has the title now. And Rude is the new champion as his music hits. And the winner and the new 24-7 champion is Robert Rude. Alright, so next up we got The Miz versus Drew McIntyre. So we come back from break and The Miz counters a big move from the top and power bombs Drew to the mat. Drew keeps control and fights. Drew, well, Miz keeps control and fights Drew back into the corner with punches and kicks. Miz con keeps control and sends Drew into the ring post while he charges. Miz springs boards from the apron and drops Drew for a close two count. 
Miz with kicks to the chest while Drew is on his knees now. Drew catches kicks, but Miz turns that into a Huacarana takedown. Drew blocks the skull-crushing finale. Drew with the Alabama slam for a two-count as Shane chairs him on. Drew... Mm, hold on, folks. Ah, get your booty back. Uh, 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 okay. Ooh. Uh, hold on, folks. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Come on. Okay. So, Drew blocks the skull crushing finale. Drew with the Alabama slam for a two count, and Shane cheers him on. Drew misses the, in the corner again. Miz goes to work on Drew, hurting his leg again. Brings him down with his knees. Drew goes for a future a figure four in the middle of the ring. Drew pushes Miz into a cheap shot from Shane at ringside while the referee isn't looking. Drew with a spawn buster for a close two count. Drew waits for Miz to get up now. Drew dodges. Hmm. Hold on. Ah, okay. Okay. Drew hurts his leg again, bring him down to ringside. Miz goes for a finger four in the middle of the ring. Drew pushes Miz into a cheap shot from Shane at ringside while the ref isn't looking. Drew with a spine buster for a close two count. Drew waits for Miz to get up now. Miz dodges the Claymore kick and applies the figure four now. Drew tries to chop his way out of the hole and Miz breaks it down and breaks it. Miz sends Drew out onto the floor as he goes down. Miz chases Shane as he runs through the crowd. Drew tries to take advantage, but the Miz cuts him off. The Miz sends Drew into the barriers. Miz rolls Drew back into the ring. Shane comes from behind and drops Miz at ringside while a referee checks on Drew. Shane rolls Miz back into the ring and Drew hits the Claymore kick for the pin to win. And there you have it. Drew McIntyre gets the win over the Miz. Now after the match, Shane takes the mic and says he has one last parting gift for the Miz before he's done with him. Shane orders Drew to drag him into the corner. Shane goes to the top for a coast to coast, but the music hits and Roman Reigns runs down. Reigns hits the ring and Drew charges. Reigns ducks and hit a Superman punch and Shane comes from behind but changes his mind when Reigns turns around. Shane runs away and joins Drew on top of the ramp as Reigns look on. Shane raises Drew arms on the stage as Rain and excuse me as Rain and Miz look on from the ring. Okay. So we see Bobby Lashley and Brian Corbin talking backstage when the twenty four WWE newly crowned twenty four seven champ Robert Rue comes running by them with another superstars chasing him. Charlie Caruso is backstage with Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins. She asked about focusing on tonight's main event with Brock Lesnar lurking. Kofi talks about champions needing to multitask and Rollins agrees. 
they know Lesnar is lurking, but they have to take care of Lashley and Corbin first. Kofi says he's ready to visit Suplex City and survive it to re remain WWE Champion if Lesnar chooses to cash in on him. Kofi tries to get Rollins to do the New Day dance, but he's not interested. And then they walk off and we go to commercial. Alright, so we come back from break and we see how Rey Mysterio captured the United States title from Samoa Joe with a bad call at Money in the Bank. We also see a post-match attack. Cole says Ray suffered a separated shoulder. We cut to a pre-recorded backstage promo from Joe. Joe says we all saw how he was never pinned, which means he never lost the title. Joe says he's not mad because mistakes were made. Joe goes on about Ray's being a family man and an international superstar. Joe says he will give Ray the opportunity to do the right thing and hand him the title back to lead by example. Joe calls on Ray to be the man he, wa he wants Dominic to be because if he doesn't, imagine the example Joe will set for him. Graves says we will find out the fate of the title next week on Raw. Alright, so we see the WWE 24-7 champion Robert Roode backstage with Truth. Truth hides him in a trunk and sends all the other superstars in another direction. Truth, Truth helps Roode out of the trunk after he leaves and tells him to get in the back seat. A referee is waiting in the car. Truth Truth drops Rude and covers him to win the title. And we have a brand new 24-7 champion. And that is our truth <laughs> Alright, so now we got the main event. And that's Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin. So this is kind of mid-match. So we come back from break and Lashley works over Kofi on the floor while Corbin keeps control of Rollins in the ring Rollins with a sling blade but Corbin ends up catching Rollins for a choke slam on the apron Corbin tosses Rollins into the timekeeper's arena manhandling him Corbin buries Rollins under a bunch of chairs leaving Kofi alone in the ring Lashley with a big spear in the corner to Kofi Rollins finally comes back and looks to put Corbin away, but Lashley drags him out of the floor and stomps. Lashley comes back in and goes after Kofi. Kofi sends Lashley over the top rope to the floor. Corbin charges, but Kofi sends him over the top as well. Rollins nails a big dive on both opponents. Kofi goes to the top and leaps out taking both opponents down to the floor again. And Kofi and Corbin go at it in the ring now. Kofi nails Trouble in Paradise for the win. Alright, so there you have it. You had Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins go over Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley. Then after the bell, Lashley immediately hits Kofi with the spear and then one for Rollins. Rollins looks to make a comeback, but the music hits and out comes Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman in the briefcase. Rollins waits in the ring with a steel chair as Lesnar circles the ring. 
Kofi also has a steel chair standing next to Rollins. Heyman barks as Lesnar hits the apron. Lesnar acts like he's going to enter the ring, but he backs off as fans boo. Heyman says Lesnar is exactly where they want to be. Heyman tells Lesnar that they should be coming back next week and announce which one they'll cash in on. Lesnar and Heyman leave up the ramp as the music hits, and Kofi and Rollins look on from the ring as Lesnar smiles back at them. And Raw goes off the air with Lesnar holding the briefcase laughing. Alright, there you have it, folks. That was the Monday Night Raw. No, it was kind of a long one. That's three hours, but I know I was supposed to shorten it up, but hey, it is what it is. But overall, Raw wasn't bad. That's why probably the ratings went up a little bit. Alright, folks. So I'm going to take a little, I'm going about a two, three minute break after going through Money in the Bank and Raw highlights. Alright, so I'm going to take a break for a little bit. Come back, and then we're going to do SmackDown and then WWE News, and then probably take another break and then do go right into AEW News. All right, and once again, this is the J Raw Wrestling Weekly Podcast, episode four for Thursday, May 23rd, 2019. And we'll be back with the rest of the SmackDown highlights and WWE News. Peace. Okay, we're back here on the J-Raw Wrestling Podcast, episode four for Thursday, May 23rd, 2019. Uh, Just got finished reviewing uh, Money in the Bank and Raw highlights. So now we're going to go into SmackDown. All right. So, all right. The show starts off with Shane on the phone with somebody until Elias walks in. And apologize to Shane for losing his match at the Money in the Bank against Reigns in the squash match. Elias explains how Shane, well, he explains to Shane how him and his family deserve better. And that he'll be in Shane's corner when he faces uh, Reigns at the Super Showdown. Shane says he doesn't need anyone in his corner because he doesn't need help. But. Shane will be in Elias' corner tonight for his match with Reigns because Elias does need help. Elias says he's going to wait for Reigns now. Alright, so they cut to the live crowd and they're at the Dunkin' Donuts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. Tom Phillips welcomes everyone and he says he's joined by Corey Graves and Byron Saxton. Alright, so next they go right to the ring. And now comes the New Day, Xavier Woods, and the WWE Champion Kofi Kingston. Tom confirms that Sami Zayn and Kofi Kingston will be for tonight. Kofi says tonight is a special night because Woods hypes up Big E with a grand introduction for his return for being out for six weeks. They bring out Big E under a cover and take it off. But it's not E, despite the pancake tossing. They crack jokes on the guy and send him packing. Woods and Kofi finally bring out the real Big E for a huge pop. The New Day hits the ring for some comedy and fans cheer them on. Woods mentioned how 
Big E isn't cleared to wrestle yet. Big E talks about how he misses his brothers and how he missed the WWE Universe. They also joke about some of Big E's Twitter activity. Kofi says he's supposed to be serious now because they want him to be serious. Fans boo when Kofi mentions Brock Lesnar winning the Money in the Bank briefcase. They also mention Kofi's win over Kevin Owens at the pay-per-view. They go on, but mu- the music interrupts and out comes Owens to the stage. Owens stands on the stage with the mic. Then the music immediately hits and out comes Sami Zayn. He calls all of it this a bunch of nonsense. And then the New Day continue railing on Owens and Zayn until Owens walks off to the back. Sammy rants on and then the New Day accuses and rant, Sammy rants on the New Day and accuses them of contributing to a toxic culture. Wood starts interrupting Zayn with the trombone as he tries to speak. The fans interrupt with chants for the New Day now. Sammy says he speaks for Owens as well when he says the New Day's night will not end in fun. Sammy says he's going to beat Kofi in front of these trash people and he'll be lucky to walk away at all. Kofi tells Sammy not to let the hip swelling and the pancakes fool him because the New Day throws down when it's time to. Kofi said he's going to walk out on his own two feet and he's going to walk right through Sammy. Big E gets the crowd hype one more time as the New Day music hits and Sammy talks more trash from the ramp. Alright, so we see Carmella backstage. Drake Maverick asks if she's seen the WWE 24-7 champion R-Truth, but she hasn't. He has wanted flyers looking for Truth. Truth asks Apollo if he sees Truth, but he hasn't, and he's looking for him. Carmella stops someone wearing a bad blonde wig and asks if they have seen Truth. It's him. Carmella puts him into a room and tells him he has a bad disguise. Truth confesses as usual, and he thinks he has seven more hours to go before the title belongs to him for good, because it's the 24-7 title. Carmella explains the rules. Truth begs her for help, and she agrees to. They walk off, and she tears a wanted flyer off the wall. Alright, so next up we have Andrade versus Ali. Alright, so of course this is mid-match. Ali makes it back to the ring right before the non-count. Andrade goes right to work on him, focus on the injured back. Andrade with a series of suplexes. They end up on the floor again and Andrade rams Ali back into the ring post. Andrade tosses Ali into the timekeeper's area. Andrade returns to the ring and tells the referee to start counting. Andrade makes it, I mean, excuse me, Ali makes it right back in before the 10 count after collapsing at ringside. Vega is frustrated. Andrade stomps away on Ali as he enters the ring. Andrade with the running double knees in the corner for a close two count. 
Vega barks out Andrade and the referee as he shows frustration. Fans try to rally for Ali. Ali counters and takes down Andrade with the pin out of nowhere for the win. And there you have it, Ali going over Andrade. Hey, you got to expect this was one of these pretty good matches between them two. They always tell a pretty good story. And, um, you know, it showed that money in the bank, you know, especially Ali having a chance to grab that briefcase. And Andrade did his thing as well. All right. So after the match, you have uh, Ali retreats to the ramp and recover as his music starts up. And then Vega joins Andrade in the ring. Alright. So next we see Carmella backstage with R-Truth. He's now wearing makeup with the wig. Truth said he feels something is missing from the look. She hands him a bra and said he needs help opening it. Because he's always had trouble getting them open. Alright. So next up you had a match. Uh, Mandy Rose versus Carmella. So we go to the ring and out comes Mandy Rose with Sonya Deville as Greg Hamilton does the introduction. All right, of course, we go to commercial. We come back and Tom shows us a video package of how Laura Sullivan destroyed the Lucha House Party at Money in the Bank. We go back to the ring and out comes Carmella with the 24-7 champion, our truth Still dressed as a woman, but with the title around his waist. <laughs> The bell rings and they go at it. Carmella gets the upper hand and Rose ends up on the floor. Regrouping with Deville as Carmella talks trash from the ring. She comes back in the ring and Carmella draws Rose with the kick to the face. Deville gets up on the apron but Carmella yanks her into the ring. Rose comes from behind while Carmella is dealing with Deville and attacks. Bunch of superstars, including the B team, Matt Hardy, come running down the ramp into the ring chasing Truth, and the referee calls for the bell. And of course, it was no contest. Then, after the match, superstars chase Truth away after he dropped Carmella at ringside. We see the group chasing Truth through the air uh, through the arena. All right. Then next up, we had Kayla Braxton backstage with the new SmackDown Women's Champion, Bailey. She asked her about her big win Sunday. Bailey says it was a brutal night and she would do it again in a heartbeat. She goes on about proving the doubters wrong. Kayla asks about Bailey the Champion versus Bailey the Hugger. Bailey says she's motivated from the past hug and she wants everyone in the locker room to bring their best. All right. So we see Carmella and R-Truth running backstage again. They're running into the woman's locker room and we hear screams. Truth continues running with a large group of superstars right behind him. Sami Zayn watches them run by and looks in disgust. And then we go to commercial. Alright, when we come back to commercial, we have Sami Zayn versus Kofi Kingston. Okay? So, we go to the ring and out comes Sami Zayn. The camera cuts backstage to Big E down, clutching his knee. Xavier Woods checks on him. The WWE champion, Kofi Kingston, comes over. Big E says, Kevin Owens did this to him. 
Referee comes over to check on Big E as Woods tells him to go handle Sammy. Then we go back to the arena and out comes Kofi running to the ring for this non-title match. The bell rings and they go at it. Kofi unloads but Sammy turns it and turns it around early on. Sammy sends Kofi out to the ring and ends up into the barrier. Sammy brings Kofi back into the ring and work him over. Kofi finally hits a missile drop kick out of the corner. Sammy ends up on the outside as the referee counts and then we go to commercial. We come back from break and Sammy hits a big superplex on Kofi. Tom says Big E has been taken to a local medical facility medical facility and Woods went with him. Sammy crawls over for a two count on Kofi. Sammy waits for Kofi to get up and Kofi goes for the halluva kick but Kofi flies out of the corner and unloads. Kofi counters again and lands a big shot as fans pop. Kofi rallies the crowd now. Sammy ducks Trouble in Paradise and then Kofi counters the Blue Thunder Bomb and connects with Trouble in Paradise for the big for the pin for the win. Alright, so there you have Kofi Kingston going over on Sami Zayn. Then after the match, Kofi takes the title and raises it in the corner as the music hits and then we go to replays. Then of course, we still have to come Bailey and Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans. Alright, so we have Paul Heyman suddenly appears on the rant with Bob Lesnar's Money in the Bank briefcase, taunting Kofi Kingston as he continues to celebrate in the ring. No signs of Lesnar. Kofi tells Heyman to have Lesnar bring it and make sure he returns. Dolph Ziggler suddenly attacks Kofi from behind and unloads Ziggler mounds Kofi's back and beats him as some fans boo. Ziggler drags Kofi in the corner and manhandles him, bending his body around a turnbuckle and gouging his face. Kofi falls to the floor. Ziggler launches Kofi over the announce table and then grabs a steel chair. Ziggler puts the chair around Kofi's head, then sends him head first into the side of the announce table. Fans boo as Ziggler stands tall. Referee come out to check on Kofi, ordering Ziggler to, to the back. Ziggler continues to stomp and drop knees on Kofi while he's down. Ziggler finally walks away as Medic comes out to check on Kofi. We see other Medics willing a stretcher down to the ramp. We see a few worried fans in the crowd as others chant for the new day and Kofi is loaded on the stretcher. Kofi is wheeled away. Then they get to the ramp and Kofi starts moving, trying to get off the stretcher. Fans chant for Kofi and he gets off the stretcher. Kofi walks to the back on his own, clutching the WWE title, his fans chair, and then we go to commercial. We come back and we see what just happened with Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler. Tom says Kofi's in the trainer's room and no one is allowed and no one is being allowed in. He hopes to have an update later. We see Roman Reigns arriving backstage. He stops and he hears Elias playing the guitar. Elias is sitting on top of a WWE truck singing a song. 
taking shots in rain in the people of Providence. Elias sings about rain being jealous of him. Elias says it's time to take the big dog for a walk. Reigns keeps walking into the arena and he's not worried. Alright, so we have Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair versus Bailey and Becky Lynch. We go back into the ring and out comes Lacey Evans. She stops at ringside to give her head to a young fan. Charlotte Flair is out next. Then they go to Kayla Braxton is backstage with the Raw Women's Champ, Becky Lynch. Lynch admits that she misses her blue, her blue brand belt, but at least it's Bailey, and with the title now. And new SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey appears and says something about Becky, about becoming Bailey two belts. They have some friendly words, and Becky says she's coming for Bailey next. Becky walks off, and they head to the ring for a pop. Bailey is out next, and then we go to commercial. We come back from break, and the match is underway. Flair unloads on Bailey and beats her while she's down into the corner. Flair takes advantage of the five count by the referee. Evans tags in and slams Bailey head into the mat. Evan keeps Bailey grounded now. Flair and Evans take turns on Bailey. Lynch finally tags when Flair is in. She flies off the top rope and take her back down. Back and forth now. Lynch nails a flying forearm in the middle of the rope. Then a Blex pulled her to Flair as fans pop. Flair rocks Lynch with a back elbow and a backbreaker out of the corner. Lynch counter flares and rocks Evans from the apron. Lynch turns around to a big boot from Flair as she goes down. Flair plays to the crowd for some booze. Lynch blocks a figure four attempt and rolls Flair up for a two count. Flair with a penitent of her own. Lynch ends it up applying a disarmor, but Evans breaks it up with the woman's right. Bailey tags in and knocks Evans off the apron. Flair is legal now. Bailey rolls her up out of nowhere and for the pin to win. And there you have it. Bailey and Becky Lynch going over Charlotte Flair and Lacey Evans. <laughs> Dope women's match. It was it was okay for what it was worth. Wouldn't be surprised if they make Charlotte and um, Lacey be uh, tag champs and go after the Iconics because the Iconics are on SmackDown. But Lacey's on Raw, though. And Charlotte's on SmackDown. I don't know. All right. After the match, Bailey goes to the floor as Flair stares her down from the ring as the music hits. And Lynch joins Bailey at ringside with their titles. All right, so we see Carmella and R-Truth running through the back again. Truth is begging her to get him out of here. The B-teams, Curtis Axel, and Bo Dallas attack him and argue over the pin. Truth take advantage and runs off with Carmella as they follow. Then back from break, Sheriff Schreiber stops Dolph Ziggler and asks him why he returned. Ziggler says, that's an honest question that deserves an honest answer but he's not going to give it to her he's going to give it to all of them the fans and Ziggler walks off to the ring Ziggler takes the mic and comes to the stage 
He said he would boo him too. He said this goes back to when Ali went down and Kofi stepped up and knocked it out of the park. But it should have been him. (laughs) Ziggler goes on about how Kofi finally became an overnight success after 11 years. Ziggler says it should have been him. Fans start giving him the what treatment now. And Ziggler goes on a rant about how he should have been in Kofi's spot. Ziggler said that's why he did what he did. He had to. He had no other choice. Ziggler said he's going to beat Kofi for the WWE title at WWE Showdown in Saudi Arabia because he has to. Ziggler screams about how the people will love and respect him after he wins at the Super Showdown. Ziggler said it should have been him one last time. Then he dropped the mic and walks off. It was a dope, dope promo setting up their match for Saudi. Alright, so next the announcers hyped Super Showdown for Saudi Arabia and they sent us to a video package for the Triple H and Randy Orton singles match. Alright, so we go to the ring for tonight's main event and now comes Shane McMahon. He introduces SmackDown's greatest talent acquisition and now comes Elias. Elias plays something on a guitar and we see Roman Reigns backstage walking. Then we go back to commercial. Alright, so we come back from commercial and Reigns makes his way out. They go at it in a brawl out around ringside and Shane watches Reigns take control and he warns Shane. Reigns brings it back in but Elias rocks him with a low blow kick that the referee doesn't see. Reigns with the two count. Elias launches Rain into the corner and he hits the ring post, falling out to the floor. Elias follows and decks Reigns while he's down. Elias stands tall as fans boo. We go back to commercial. Back from commercial, Rain drops Elias with a big shot. Reigns with more shots in the corner as fans count along. Reigns drops Elias with a big boot. Reigns calls for the Superman punch, but Shane's grabs his leg. Shane's take advantage and hit the jumping knee in the corner. Reigns turns it around in the corner and rocks Elias. Reigns with another big shot while Elias is on top. Elias slides out of a Super Samoan drop attempt. Elias turns that into a big sit-down powerbomb for a close two count in the middle of the ring. Reigns blocks a drift away and hits a big headbutt. Reigns fight Elias off, but Elias lands another big knee. Reigns fires back with the Superman punch, and Reigns covers the pin, but Shane puts Elias' boot on the bottom rope. Reigns goes out and hits a drive-by on Shane. Elias takes advantage and beats Reigns around. Elias brings it back into the ring and hits a big flying elbow drop, but Reigns kicks out at two. The referee is distracted by Shane, allows Elias to expose the turnbuckle. Shane bring back, brings the, Elias the guitar over the ring, over to the ring. 
again distracting the referee. Reigns blocks an attempt by Elias and hits the spear. And then Reigns covers for the pin. And there you have it. Roman Reigns going over Elias once again. Alright, and after the match, Shane immediately enters the ring and beats Reigns down. Reigns comes back out and drops Shane with a Superman punch. Reigns suddenly turn around to a big Claymore kick from Drew McIntyre. And fans boo as Drew gets down and Reigns face. Shane stands tall with Reigns and raises Drew's arms as SmackDown goes off the air. And there you have it, folks. That was SmackDown for this week. Alright. So real quick, we're going to touch on some. Just uh, more about, I think I got about nine. No more about ten. Real quick, WWE news topics. Alright, first up. Got some NXT news. We have Tyler Breeze will be making his return to NXT to face Velveteen Dream for the NXT North American title at NXT 25. Also, it's been announced that a four-way ladder match for the tag team titles for the NXT tag titles, and it'll be for it'll be Undisputed Era, the Street Profits. The Forgotten Sons, then Oni Lorkin and Danny Birch. Also, Matt Riddle will face Roger Strong at NXT TakeOver 25 as well. Alright, and then fortunately, uh, Ruby Riot has soldier surgery on her right soldier, soldier, and she'll be getting the left one done as soon as the right one heals up. Also, a lot of... Um, Oh, uh, Bullet Club fans gonna love this. It's been announced that the club will reunite on the WWE Japan Live Events Tour this summer. And I kind of hinted that um, since the uh, Gallows and Anderson is isn't gonna resign, that they should, you know, since AJ's back on Raw, that they should team up. And that's pretty dope that they're gonna do that on the live events in Japan, cause. What was they in the Bullet Club in Japan, right? New Japan, <laughs> two and two together. All right, so for uh, also Alistair Black was pulled from the WWE Super Showdown because of his tattoos having religious connotations. Basically, um, everyone knows that uh, Alistair Black has a lot of tattoos, and some of his tattoos have meanings, and some of those meanings are religious. So I think it was a, a move on probably on WWE's part. They didn't want to ruffle no feathers with the government over in Saudi uh, Arabia with the, with Aleister Black having those tattoos. Now, also, Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens, they also won't be going to Saudi Arabia. Now, their reasons are different. Their reasons are personal. And Sammy's is more of a religious reason, too, but in a different way. His is because he has Syrian ties. So now I already said this in in the SmackDown highlights that Dolph Ziggler will be facing Kofi Kingston for the WWE championship at the Super Showdown in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And the thing of it is. And the reason why is because Kevin Owens isn't going. So that was going to be Kevin Owens' spot when he was going to face Kofi if he would decide to go over there. Now, I I find this pretty interesting that USA was the ones who made the call to tell Vince and the creative team to come up with the 24-7 championship 
to boost ratings. And if you notice in the raw highlights when Mick Foley um, cut his promo, he basically said that um, the third hour is supposed to get raw and they changed up the graphics and stuff like that is because the third rating used to have a higher rating. So they're trying to get those ratings back on that third hour. So that's why the um, USA approached Miss McMahon, kind of put a little pressure on him to um, come up with something creative. So they gave him the idea to do the 24-7 championship because they thought it would be something fresh, something new that the fans, even though it was a throwback from the hardcore championship, but they figured, you know, it might help boost ratings by doing a third hour. But the thing of it is, it's more than just the third hour because R-Truth got the title and he'd be on SmackDown. <laughs> All right, so lastly, I want to... Um, well, it's also been reported that AJ said he signed his last full-time wrestling contract with WWE. And for a while, um, from my understanding, I think his contract, if it didn't expire before WrestleMania, it was supposed to be expiring soon. Because he only, when he first came, I think he came in 2016. If I'm not mistaken, that's when AJ came. He was either 2016 or 2017. But I know he didn't sign no more than three-year deal. And it was reported that it was supposed to be coming up. So he re-signed. And by though he re-signed. And he, he's around the same age as me. I think he may be a year or two older than me. Um, he said this going to be his last full-time contract. So I guess he probably... I didn't get an opportunity to get more information. Hopefully... By um, next week, I'll have more information on AJ's new contract that he signed with WWE as far as the terms and the years and stuff like that. But I figured it probably is not going to be no more than about three or four years because um, I could see and I'm, I heard someone mention this too. Just they just do it as as an idea out there. There wasn't nothing concrete or truly um, confirmed. But they were saying that if AJ does decide to be on a part-time contract or even if he decide to be a producer or agent, he would make a great producer or agent. And I think so, too, you know, because AJ know how to tell a good story in the ring and, and he's his moves at the whole nine. You know what I'm saying? He can pass that knowledge on to some of them guys in NXT and help them come along. I, I can see that, man. I can definitely see that. All right. So. That's all the WWE news for right now. I'm definitely going to take my last break and do um, AEW as far as the BTE and the AEW news. So um, take a quick break and then let's come back. All right. Peace. All right, we are back live on the J Raw Wrestling Weekly Podcast, the Thursday episode for episode four for Thursday, May 23rd. All right, and now going into Friday because it's 12 o'clock, <laughs> but you guys get the drift. All right, so without further ado. We gonna get rust into it, the rust of it into it, and that will be the BTE being the elite and the roll to double or nothing. Also, I'll um, give you guys the latest AEW news. All right, 
So without further ado, we're going to start out with the uh, Being an Elite episode 152. All right. Okay, starts off with the Young Bucks have Brandon Cutler to their pace, place to do a readover for the Casino Battle Royal. But they actually signed him to an AEW contract as a wrestler, as an exclusive content producer. And then Cutler calls his wife to tell her the great news. All right, go to the intro, come back. Outside a wrestling event, a very serious Matt and Nick talk to Jungle Boy about being in the Casino Battle Royal. They wonder even if he's old enough to get in the casino. Jungle Boy then has to pick up a card to determine if he'll enter the match. Matt kneels down and Luchasaurus actually has Jungle Boy on his shoulders. Then Luchasaurus enters the match as well. Alright, then Christopher Daniels is in Chile and needs help doing his worst town bit but he doesn't have much luck. Fuego de la Sol tells off Sammy Guevara about how Sammy is always talking trash about him in his vlog. Guevara says he might be ch- he that might be true in the past, but he's trying to change. Then MJF keep taking jabs at Dustin Rhodes. MJF goes on the attack outside the gym at night. But he mistakenly turns his on his car lights. MJF runs up on Rhodes with a giant sword and yells as he goes to swing. But Rhodes turns and moves out of the way. Rhodes recognizes MJF. MJF denies him and said, Rhodes says the Zelda convention is down the road. And MJF shakes his hand. Huge fan, sir. <laughs> All right. So it's BTE mailbag. Nick gets asked how many titles will AEW have. He says he wants to keep things simple and for titles to keep their prestige. We will have a few, Nick says. Kenny Omega is asked what has him most nervous about Double or Nothing weekend aside from his match. Omega says he's not worried about the match at all. It's the technical things, blackouts, the raw music being played for a wrestler, other technical miscues. Then Rhodey is asked, sorry, Cody Rhodes is asked if AEW will do a pay-per-view in the UK and will ITV air weekly shows. In regards to the UK pay-per-view, that was a yes and we're playing on it. About weekly shows, he says the fans will have to ask the kind folks at ITV and winks a bunch of times. Alright, then the Young Bucks are at the airport headed to NY for the upfronts about AEW's weekly show on TNT. Young Bucks and Cody showed a tweet about AEW on TNT. We see clips from the upfront. Adam Page is still drinking this special drink at his house. Page sits to read some fan mail and get a VHS tape. He puts it in a drawer of the desk and plays it on his computer. It's Cody Rose who admits to the BT crew being the ones who set up the surveillance cameras and sent him the special drink he's been using. Rose says Page was already doing the work. It wasn't the drink. He tells Page to go out there and kick Pox you know what? 
Paige says he's full gear ready and he heads out his house in wrestling attire. Cuts to Nottingham, England, where Pox offers an open challenge and talks about being undefeated for 20 months. Paige makes a surprise entrance at the show to confront Pop. The match between the two will air tomorrow, which was 521 at 12 p.m. and air on All Elite Wrestling YouTube channel. All right. So here is your recap for the latest documentary for Roll the Double or Nothing, episode 16. All right. So it. This segment was previously shown, but we see Brandy Rose, Penelope Ford, and Britt Baker poolside. Ford goes off to grab some shots. Rose tells Baker's, Baker that she's her pick for double or nothing against Nyla Rose and Kylie Ray, and the other two women are no competition. Cuts to Rose in her office talking with Rose on FaceTime. She's saying she's got it in the bag and she's her favorite to win. Rose thanks her for that. Rose then FaceTimes Ray and says the same thing. Rose looked at the camera and smirks. All right, so next we have Jack Whitehall, who is a comedian and actor, has a talk with AEW president Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, and Brandy Rhodes about starting up the company. Both Rhodes and Khan's, Khan say they are, they think the fan base is the lapsed fan who has been looking for more in wrestling since WWE really looking for look really took things over after buying WCW Khan says he doesn't look at AEW as they are taking on WWE but rather providing more wrestling to fans and doesn't want to discourage fans from watching wrestling of any kind Rose talks about how wrestling is watered down today and Rose talks about his match against Dustin Rhodes and how it's a generational thing he feels they there's been five matches in the last five months that were better than that whole era, which he acknowledges most people wouldn't accept. On the road to follow on the final road to double or nothing, it was announced who will be the first contender for the AE World Championship. Alright. So now this was released um which was Thursday. It was episode uh, 153 of the BTE. All right. So I'm going to just do a recap of that real quick. All right. In the latest BTE, being the elite, Adam Page is shown at home with his knee bandaged up from the attack by Pac in England. The two met last weekend at WrestleGate Pro event in Nottingham where Page won by DQ. As noted, their double or nothing match was reportedly pulled due to creative differences between Pac and AEW. In the video above, Pac informed, well, Page informed fans that he would not be allowed to wrestle on this Sunday's pay-per-view. Well, Saturday's pay-per-view, sorry. He says, hey guys, I'm checking in because apparently it's my responsibility to tell you that due to recent events, I will not be allowed to compete at double or nothing, Page says. I'm sure that none of you are as disappointed or pissed off about the situation as I am, but I will be at StarCast on Friday doing a meet and greet, and I'm sure that the entire show in itself will be great. A satin page then goes off to flip the camera and it cuts away. All right. So, boom. That was part of it. Now, this is the actual beginning of it. 
The Young Bucks are outside talking to David Arquette, who comes up to them. Nick is playing with a deck of cards, and Arquette asks him if he can have one. Nick says no, they're all booked up. Arquette asks if they know who he is, and the Young Bucks don't recognize him at first, but then Matt realized he was the former WCW champion. Nick said that they're all booked up, though. He could come to the party, a super kick party. They double super kick Arquette, then, t- the, then who tells the duo, duo, that was awesome, guys. Johnny Impact is in the background and asks if Arquette wants some ice. <laughs> MJF taunts Cody and Brandy's dog, Pharaoh. He And he tries to give him some chocolate. Brandy catches MJF and wonders what he's doing. MJF said he was just going to have a brownie. She tells him to eat it. Then he initially puts it puts up a fight. He eats some of it and then spits it out and says, I don't like gluten. Alright. So next we have Joey Ryan talks with Peter Avalon, who doesn't get why there's two librarians. He's worried that they aren't going to gel as a team. Unlike Ryan and that blonde girl. Avalon says AEW just wants to send him home and pay him. But he doesn't understand what he doesn't know what to do. Ryan says not to ask him. He doesn't work for AEW. <laughs> Brian Cutler, Brandon Cutler tells MJF the Bucks sent him so MJF could pick a car for the Casino Battle Royale. MJF taunts Cutler. Cutler makes fun of his wife's design for wrestling gear and his kids. MJF goes to leave and Cutler stops him so he can just pick a card. MJF says he has an issue with Cutler thinking his mentors, the Young Bucks, are better than his, Cody. And Anger Cutler shoves MJF against the wall and yells at him and tells him to pick a card. And MJF does so. Alright, we got another uh, BTE mailbag. All right, first up was Frank and Kazarian, and he's asked if he and Christopher Daniels are the voices of Arthur and Trevor. <laughs> he says he get asked that uh, asked this a lot, especially they once had other alter egos, Curry Man and Suey, Suey Suicide. But says Arthur and Trevor are just like jerks who terrorize the roster. Kazarian says this kind of hurts that people think that he and Daniels would do the voices of those disgusting humans. Matt Jackson is asked if being the elite will be around when AEW is on the weekly television. He said that's a tough question. He and Nick have talked about if the if there will be possible one thing once things really get rolling with the company. Matt said he just doesn't know right now. Kazarian and Daniels approach Pentagon Jr. and and Phoenix. They say they'll be watching their match against the Young Bucks. Daniels says maybe them and the Lucha Brothers can do it one more time in AEW down the road. Both Pentagon and Phoenix say of course and the team shake hands. They walk away. Pentagon asks Phoenix who are those guys? (laughs) Text to Matt Jackson asking if he's really going to do a new move. Matt writes back, C. We get clips of the Young Bucks versus Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix at PGW's 
Battle of Los Angeles where things started between the two teams. Clips are shown of Matt and Nick getting tacked by the Lucha Bros at AEW's press conference. The teams fight at AAW event and then the Young Bucks defeat them for the AAA World Tag Team titles in Mexico. The match is being billed as who's the best tag team in the world. And that's the end of that uh, being the elite. What was that? Episode 153. All right. So real quick, just going to go on a few uh, news topics with AEW. And then we're going to end uh, tonight's uh, J-Raw Wrestling Podcast, Episode 4. All right. Um, for As far as with AEW, uh, like it was already announced in the being the Elite episode, uh, Pac and Hangman Page match for Double or Nothing has been canceled due to creative differences. Um, pretty guy, pretty much if you guys are listening to this podcast, you guys already are aware the whole situation. So I'm not going to go too much into it. My thoughts is, you know, it's unfortunate because I was looking forward to that match. Hopefully later on down the road, Pac and Hangman can do that match and they can work something out. All right. Also, um, Sean Spears, who used to be um, the perfect 10, Todd Dillinger in WWE, it's been announced he'll be in the Casino Battle Royal. So I'm wondering, nah, he's not going to get that Joker. He might. I don't know. I wonder who's going to get that Joker card. All right. So uh, also been reported that AEW is still interested in signing Johnny Moxley. I'm not going to go into that. I'll wait till the prediction show tomorrow. Uh, well, t- later on tonight, since it's already Friday. <laughs> Between Friday or Saturday, I'm going to definitely do the prediction show for double or nothing. All right. And then it's also, which I didn't go too much into detail. I waited until now. Basically, it's been announced that the winner of the Casino Battle Royale in the pre-show, uh, the buy-in, they will be the first contender. And then the next contender of the winner of Omega Jericho 2 will be the other contender. And both of those guys will face at a later date to get the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. And that is dope. I can't win. <laughs> All right, and then last but not least, Cody did state in an interview that he may decide to give everybody a peek at that heavyweight championship. I I, I can't wait to see it. It's def- I, I got a feeling they also going to probably show off the women's belt, too. I would like to see that. They definitely going to show off that women's belt because uh, they're going to have a couple women's on the card. Uh, like I said, you know, between tom- well later on the day, it's Friday now, <laughs> but between today and tomorrow, I'll definitely do my prediction show for double and nothing. So definitely look out for that. Damn, well over hour and a half mark. It's been so far one of the longest episodes I recorded. I didn't know I was going to go this long, but I'm glad I did give you guys a lot of good information. Um, Just giving you guys my thoughts and going over Money in the Bank pay-per-view and Raw and SmackDown and being the elite and getting you guys all ready, just like I'm ready and hype for double or nothing. Uh, I'm not going to go into a lengthy editorial tonight. Let me just keep it brief. Um, just going to be honestly just my thoughts about double or nothing. I'm really looking forward to it. 
um, the card so far is amazing. Minus, um, fortunately, the match between Pac and Hangman Page. I definitely think that was going to be. I I don't think it would have been. I think instead of the winner of that battle royale getting that number one contender shot, it probably was going to be the winner of Pac and Page was going to face the winner of Jericho and Omega 2 and they would have been the ones who would have faced each other for that um, AEW World Heavyweight Belt. I think that would have been the plan all along but due to the fact and that's kind of the reason why you know they wanted Hangman to lose to Pac to set up Pac to face Kenny because they figured Kenny would have went over on Pac to get that heavyweight belt and would establish that belt because of the rain Pac was on. And that's one of the reasons why he didn't want to do it because he'd been undefeated for almost, what, 20 months? That's almost two years. Four more months make two years. He'd been undefeated. So that's why he didn't want to take no L. I, I, honestly, I don't blame him. <laughs> I wouldn't want to take it, but it should have, something should have been worked out with that whole situation. But I think what's going to happen is going to open up the door for a big surprise and like we all respectfully i doubt if it's punk because punk's still with the whole mma thing but i think punk's going to wait until they come to tv to be that big surprise for tv i honestly think and i'm not giving it up unless he proves me wrong and that's john moxley He's the one out well with the whole knee thing. I just think Hangman might just be selling it. But I think Moxley's going to be the one. If he don't, like I said, if he don't face him here at Double or Nothing, it's definitely going to be at that show in July, uh, Fight for the Fallen in Jacksonville. Definitely. All right. Um. What else? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this guy, Angelico and Jack Evans. Um heard a lot about those guys so i'm really looking forward to seeing what they do at double or nothing um yeah it's just man yeah and and real quick just one editorial thing i do like what they doing with that 24 7 championship uh, i think it's definitely for the comedy angle i mean that's just captain obvious right there but it is a good thing that may help somewhat with the ratings and add to some spontaneity with the show because it's been so stale um i don't know how long or how far they can go with it uh the only thing i will admit that i don't like just like everybody else that belt is trash like my man joe buttons shout out to joe buttons he say it's trash that belt is trash get it out of here no <laughs> no but other than that i like it you know it's just took for usa to really try to put pressure on them to do some things but it i do it I understand everybody gripe about WWE having a lot of belts because there is and that, that is a watered down. That's why I love what Nick said in answering that um, BT mailbag question as far as like how many titles um, AEW is going to have and them keeping it to a minimum number, a low number. I, I think that's amazing and, and it gives that more opportunity to put more prestige on the titles that they're supposed to be. Especially when you establish a new company, you want to have 
as much prestige as you can. And that's one of the reasons why the lineage Coney has and, you know, able to even have his. Oh, that match. going. I listened to the interview Dustin did that. Poof, man, I'm looking forward. To, yo, double or nothing is really going to change a lot. Just like all ended last fall. Mark my words, double or nothing is just going to take things to a whole. Especially got the, it's been confirmed. Finally, they got to deal with TNT. They ain't got to stress that. Only thing they got to do is move forward and continue to progress on what they already been doing. And it, and they got the opportunity to expand it even more than what they ever imagined. That's the thing that you, you can't argue with. You know. But that's it. That's tonight's editorial on the J Raw Wrestling Podcast for episode four, Thursday, May 23rd, which is now Friday, May 24th. <laughs> Real quick, I want to shout out my bros uh, from Russell Cave. I want to shout out Geechee, <laughs> Geechee Geech, aka Ace Porter, Dirty Case, Pat with the Facts, my man Mike Jones. I want to shout out the Markout Club. Also, don't forget. Shout out to my big bro, DJ Core from DJ Hardcore Productions. Don't forget the showcase next Saturday, June 1st. You know what I'm saying? They can't do it like us. 700 West Tabor Road. Make sure you come on out. Make sure you cop them tickets. You know what I'm saying? Or just come, period. You can pay at the door. You know what I mean? We're going to take care of you. And without further ado, this has been a pleasure doing this episode four. Can't wait till next Thursday with episode five. We could do the recap, a double or nothing. Do a recap of best of super juniors. You know what I'm saying? Then we be, oh, 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 even though I'll be at the showcase. Best believe next Friday, I will be doing my predictions for that takeover 25. Woo. Yeah, I'll touch on that this weekend when I do the NXT show. So, you guys, without further ado, I'm going to end tonight's episode. This has been a pleasure. This is your boy, Jay Raw. Make sure you check this out on castboxfm.com. Also, SoundCloud. I'm probably going to have to splice it up a little bit and break up a couple parts to put up on SoundCloud. So just give me a couple days for the SoundCloud. But definitely this episode will be up on castboxfm.com. You know what I'm saying? I may have to put it on the One Struggle Radio YouTube page. It'll be up on that. So you guys, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a great episode this weekend of the j Raw Wrestling Podcast. Uh, make sure you guys uh, look out for all the other reviews for the other promotions that I do this weekend. Uh, you guys get a chance. Make sure to check out Double or Nothing. It's going to be an amazing pay-per-view. I put money on that. That's why it's Double or Nothing. All right. So this is the end of the J-Raw Wrestling Podcast. Episode 4 for Thursday, May 23rd, 2019. Peace.